There it is, the sound of the bell, the round number six, folks. Here we go. Punches and bunches, shoe shines in the corner, hot sauce to the ribs. When in doubt, stick it out. Ganchos al hígado, duro, duro, duro. Pacific Coast Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz here with Rick Prado, of course. Rick, round six, man. No, man, excited to be here. You know, another big fight happening this weekend. You know, Chocolatito, um, Estrada, looking forward to it. Yeah, it's almost like from this point on, and, you know, we called it, you called it certainly, a couple of weeks ago when we were going to start seeing quality fights now, if not every week, almost like every other week, right? Yeah. Versus that lull that we had. Like, we had the Ryan Garcia fight to start Mm -hmm. the year, but then there was a little bit of a lull, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, here come the barrage of, I would say, super fight. Well, this would be considered a super Super fight, fight, for sure. But quality fights, I mean, the Valdez Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, Burchelt fight, now this one, uh-huh. women's fight. So, yeah, I mean, this is when we started getting into that regular Vir- cadence of good fights. Virgil Ortiz next week. So, yes, you know, yes, yes. Against Hooker. Good fight. Oh, man, yeah. good fight this Wednesday. Brandon Lee kind of mm-hmm. stepping up. But, all right, round six. Let's let's continue the, the deal here, uh, especially today being the anniversary, right? Of Ali and Joe Fraser fight number one uh, 50 years ago to the date, Rick. So I'm going to stick with that theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, six round, infamous or famous, I should say, memorable six round knockouts. I'm going to go with Muhammad Ali, who knocked out the great Sonny Liston in 1964 to, uh, to win his first WBA and WBC championships. Mm-hmm. That fight actually ended in the six round TKO when Joe uh, Sonny Liston did not come out of his corner uh citing a shoulder injury rick oh wow yeah it was uh built up i think there was a lot of uh animosity between the two they didn't like one another yeah the whole um you're talking about fraser and ali right uh yeah yes the, so the fraser and ali fight yeah they didn't and it was a rare fight right because this is back in the day right when mm-hmm. you know the greats fought the greats still a lot of shenanigans when it came to the sanctioning bodies but still somehow they got the the two very best heavyweights at the time both of them undefeated mm-hmm. both of them in their prime back then they didn't have as many of them fighting like just a bunch of tomato cans yeah. so both of them were really coming off of fighting guys that were in the top 10 mm-hmm. both legitimate right so this was a big big deal yeah, a lot of uh, political things going on too. You know, that's exactly right. With, with that's that exactly fight. right. Yeah, and it, again, it's not like it's it's even difficult for today. Again, I guess I guess today it would have to be uh, you know Fury and Anthony Joshua, right, mm-hmm. about getting that fight to materialize. Yeah, um, both of them. Uh, I guess well, AJ's got one one loss. Fury is still undefeated, right? I don't think Fury's lost. No, no, he has a one draw, and that's, that's right. So it would be something like that, right? But again, the difference also is back then boxing was really center stage, right? It was considered mm-hmm. one of the major sports. There was no UFC at the time, no. and boy, if you were the heavyweight champion, it was a big deal. Yeah, it really meant uh, you know a whole lot. It was yeah, it was yeah. It, it was everything. Hence, why it was such a big deal uh, for Rocky 
to maintain the championship yeah. as long as he did, right? Yeah, you know, uh, well, you know, Rocky. It wasn't. He, a, it wasn't a. Mid, it wasn't about middleweights or, you know, or lightweights. But, but unfortunately, he fought. You know, about ten years of setups. Yes. Yeah, yes. Well, you know, that was that. You know, that was. But that wasn't his fault. M- M- Mickey was protecting him. Yeah, that's exactly right. Doing what a good, what a good, uh, what a good trainer should. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. What what a memorable fight that was, um, and of course that's the only one that Ali lost. By the way, Ali won the other two. That one was brutal. Um, they had like this whole special that they showed uh, Sunday on ESPN, yeah. where they completely digitally remastered it, put a lot of other um, information on it. Pretty good if you haven't seen that because they yeah. showed a lot of those last year during the COVID. If you recall, which was great. Yeah. Remember, they showed like just a whole series of boxing series matches. Series of boxing matches. Um, I do remember the um, what were they called? The HBO, the Legendary Knights. Yes, and yes. They had they had this one, Ali. Yes. One. Yeah, yeah. That's what was that was the one good yeah. thing, right? About the COVID is that we got to catch up. If you didn't get your fill of mm-hmm. all these fights, right? The Thrill in Manila, all of these, and it also reminds you, by the way, as much as we make fun of like the Rocky, you know, Balboa, the movies. And we say, you know, why are they not stopping the fight? If you look at those fights and how brutal they were, mm-hmm. right? Today, most of those fights, like the Foreman-Lyle, which is considered, you know, one of the greatest fights of all time, that fight should have been stopped. I mean, Lyle couldn't, wasn't even returning fire. They wouldn't stop those fights back in the days, Rick. It yeah, was no, brutal. Yeah. And, you know, and then you had even the longer fights. You know, yeah. They were going 15 full rounds. Full 15 rounds. And, um, yeah, it, but... Uh, you know, I think a lot of people were getting seriously hurt back then, and you know, I think even with uh, you know Frazier, yeah. you know, he, he you could tell the effects of all those fights. Well, you know, later you, on, yeah, you're absolutely right, and Ali, right, the Parkinson's yeah. disease, you can kind of see him, you know, the slurred speech and whatnot. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. That's exactly why. But I also think, right, that I think it's still possible. I get it, right? Those last three rounds, the last nine minutes. But I also think that it's incumbent upon the trainers. I think we talked about it last week, right, with some fights that should have been stopped. The trainers, the referee, and having another physician Mm -hmm. outside with a trained eye that has the ability to say that's enough. Like the Warrington fight should have been stopped. Mm -hmm. The Miguel Burchelt fight, that fight should have been stopped. Yeah. No reason to let those guys go out the way they did. No. Well, yeah. and, and 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 here's the thing, right? Those fights didn't. That wasn't in the 13th or 14th round. Mm-hmm. These were, you know, what was the Valdez Burchell fight? Round eight. Uh, yeah, around eight or nine. Eight or nine. Yeah. Um, you know, Warrington was round nine, mm-hmm. and that fight should have been stopped in round four. So it's not completely true, right? When we say that, geez, the 15 round fights got cutting to 12 have significantly introduced safety. I don't. I don't get it. I think it's more about. Um, the intervention uh-huh. even before you get to that point. But be that as it may, 50 years to the day, um, per- pretty amazing. I think the other thing is, yeah. is by having somebody there separately to do that, you, yeah. t- you take it away from the trainers. Who, yeah. You know, you get trainers that, uh, you know, they get called out for stopping fights. Right, you know, right. And um, the fighters get upset. That way there's just one other person that, um, you know, can handle that. You know, stopping a fight and it's on them. Yeah, and that you know the fighter is able to save you know face. You know they they always talk about wanting to you know I'd rather die in the ring. Right. Than, you know no they wouldn't. Right. You know now you're right. Mark Breland would yeah. still have a job, right? Yeah. Mark Mark Breland would still be Wilder's trainer. 
if that was the case. No, but you're right. They have just as much invested in the fighter, unfortunately, as the fighter, yeah. right? And sometimes a little bit too much, right? I mean, sometimes, let's be honest, their financial future is tied to this fighter, right? Mm -hmm. This guy loses. Well, there goes this guy's uh, lotto ticket, so to speak, right? That's why the good ones, the ones that are respected, they know when their fighters had enough. They know when to, you know, live to fight another day type of deal. Um, so, but you're right. They're too emotionally connected. That's what I'm saying. Take it out of their hands. Put somebody, put a third party, medical doctor, mm -hmm. calibrate when, right? Calibrate yeah. when, have them watch hundreds and hundreds of fights, dozens, you know, round after round and say, okay, this one here would have been, should have been stopped. Yeah. This one here should have been stopped. And you know what? Sometimes you're going to be wrong. Sometimes it's going to be premature, but most of the fights we're talking about, nobody would disagree. Yeah, right? no. Who would have disagreed that Burchelt should not have been allowed to fight that round? No one. Yeah. There's no way. Josh Warrington. Warrington had no business fighting after that fourth round, right? So yeah. there's all these fights that it's like, okay, wait a minute. You don't even need to be a trained, right? Mm -hmm. I don't even need to, you know, I, I could play a doctor <laughs> on TV in this case yeah. and phone it in and say that fight needs to be stopped. This guy has zero chance to win. Yeah, no, definitely. So, yeah, man. Um, all right, so here's what's going on, Rick. Uh, we've got the big fight, right? Super fight coming up. Uh, eight, what is it? Eight years in the making, the rematch, right? Between uh, uh, Juan Francisco Estrada and uh, Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez, mm -hmm. right? That's taking place this Saturday. We're going to break that fight down just like we do all the fights, right? Tale of the tape, history, um, you know, what we think, common opponents. And then, of course, we'll be telling you and picking who we think is going to win. Yeah. We have a pretty good history yeah. of picking fights, too, yeah. right? I mean, hey, listen, you know, nobody's perfect, right? Yeah, yeah. well, you Not know, Rocky I, Marciano. I, you know, I, I got a lot of uh, a lot of praise for, um, you know, last week picking, you know, Canelo. Yeah, you yeah, know, and, sure you uh, did. You know, and hey, why didn't you mention, you know, that, hey, the streak is back. Right, know? yeah. And I said, I got to act like I've been there before. That's, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, because when you look at it, you know, yeah, if you want to if you want to put a microscope and look at two weeks, yeah, yeah you're 500. Yeah. But if you want to look way back, uh -huh. right, you're like, you know, I don't, I don't know, you know, some astronomical like, number. It, it, it's like 998. Yeah, 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 that's what I'm saying. What are you, you yeah. know, 1,501? Yeah. You know, but it's the one blemish. Yeah, I don't, uh -huh. I, I don't, I don't think so. So we got the, um, so we're going to be breaking down that fight. Um, we've got more boxing news, Rick. So we think, we thought it was over. It's not. There's more stuff that's coming out of the Canelo Elidrum, mm -hmm. which we'll get to. And some of it, by the way, some of it pretty serious. Yeah. Like it's not even, you know, we were half joking about some stuff, but we'll cover that here. Um, and then we got all of the other boxing that is scheduled, like I said, starting this Wednesday with mm -hmm. the Brandon Lee fight. And then Saturday, uh, several fighters in action. So we'll be right back for Pacific Ghost Boxing. All right, Pacific Coast Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado, we are back. Um, yeah, before we get into the the rest of the fight news, Rick. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so so still more fallout, right? And again, so some of this on the you know the dark side. Uh, uh, evidently, Joel Diaz, the trainer, of course, of uh, Avni Elidrum, who who was beaten in a very uncompetitive match last mm -hmm. Saturday, is apparently getting death threats from from folks apparently turkish people that are that are upset and making claims that you know that he was paid off by the canelo camp uh -huh. and you know purposely like sabotaged 
Elidrum to be yeah. to be uncompetitive, and they're pretty much trying to put the blame on him, man. Yeah, no, it, it sounds like uh, just the whole country of Turkey is uh, sounding like uh, Deontay Wilder throwing out <laughs> all these uh, wild and crazy accusations. Well, you know, we we talked about it, right? When you were saying you, but you know, there was five thousand people, right, mm-hmm. that essentially had like some kind of parade, or right, yeah. And and I was half jokingly, remember saying, "How's he going to go back?" Yeah, right. I talked about him having to hide in the suitcases in order to get back to the country, right? Yeah. And that you know there would be a mob of people waiting, but it wasn't going to be a celebratory mob, mm-hmm. right? It's going to be a celebratory, or I should say, not a, not a crowd, but a mob, you know. Yeah. But evidently, right, um, Elidrum has not returned to Turkey mm-hmm. because of that. Because Gia's was saying after the fight, he was in the bathroom, he was crying, he was disappointed. So, I mean, you, you got to feel bad for the guy, right? I mean, if, if all this that's, that, that they're saying is serious, right? Um, because, again, it's not his fault that the mm-hmm. WBC kept him ranked at number one, even though he didn't fight in two years. And somehow he's yeah. able to hold that ranking, right? Not his fault that they would put somebody who was 50 to one up against, you know, the pound for pound, arguably, um, other than ESPN, the best fighter in the world, yeah. and expect any different. Where he did himself a disservice is that he did nothing to actually try and do what his title is, is that of a prize fighter. Yeah, That's where he screwed up, yeah. right? Because if he would have put some sort of fight on, right, everybody can respect that. Yeah, But he didn't. And I think somewhere deep inside, Rick, that's why Elidrum is as, is probably as upset as he was because yeah if you you pull like I, I called it last week you do what Tommy Hearns did against Hagler right yeah and get knocked out in the third round there's nothing to be ashamed of no no you no. know at least he tried you know right he, he did everything right you know he worked the system he waited you know kept his uh, number one spot you know so he'd get that title shot against Canelo and then um, you know he cashed in I think he made what two point five million for the, for that yeah. fight yeah. Did everything right except for throw punches. So the so the question, and remember I said last week, you know, and people, folks, can, you can go back to our Around 5 podcast. You can find mm-hmm. it. It's all archived. And anywhere you want to look, um, Spotify, Bud, uh, Pod, uh, uh, Apple, iTunes, Google, everything. I said Dia should save the videos, right, of yeah. the training and what they did and what the game plan was. Mm-hmm. Remember I said that? Yeah. Just so they he can show folks and say, look, here's tangible evidence that shows you what we worked on. Yeah. He decided, right, for whatever reason, not to execute on the plan and implement what mm-hmm. they had planned for. Because I could understand, right, put yourself, right, on uh, as a Turkish fan yeah. and seeing their fighter, right, like you said, completely take this peekaboo stance, yeah. right, of, I hate to say it, Rick, but which fight was it with the Rocky fight? When Rocky, you know, when he switched, uh, waited to lefty, and it was like, now, I think he waited to like the 14th or 15th round. Yeah, that was right? uh, uh, Creed uh, Balboa, too. Was it, too? And yeah. we were all wondering, like, why isn't he switching, yeah. right? Well, he pulled it off, barely. Uh-huh. He barely pulled it off in the 15th round. But I think, so again, if I'm a Turkish fan, I get it. I'm looking saying, hey, this isn't our guy, yeah. right? Like, who taught him to fight this way, right? Yeah. No. I he, mean, if you don't know any better, I, I get it. Yeah, you know, it was it was just a, a heavy dose of stage fright. You know, he got out there and, you know, the lights were too big. And, that's a good point. You know, it was just he didn't know what to do. I think he, he just panicked. And that that's a really good point. Yeah. I didn't I didn't consider that before. But you're right. Right. Maybe the yeah. bright lights just got to him. He froze. 
Canelo was much quicker, much stronger, much faster, much everything than he can than he thought, and and that's what happened. So yeah, man, there's still fallout from that. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I was half joking about that. Like how does <laughs> how does he return to a country that had and and again, right? And think about that, by the way. Yeah. Think about the pressure, right? Because there have not been a lot of great Turkish fighters mm-hmm. or, or champions. We'll have to look that up, right? Um, but you think about that, you have like the weight. Your entire country, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on no, your shoulders. Yeah, it just. Uh, I think. I think the people of Turkey are just disappointed in the. Uh, you know, I think they're more disappointed in the fighter. Yeah, you know, and they're looking for excuses. You know, to. Well, but like I said, yeah. I don't blame them if they've seen him fight. Yeah, and look at this and say, "Who's this? Who's this is yeah. an imposter, right? Now, it yeah. has to be." And that was probably Diaz's first time training him. The other part of this is, yeah. is, you know, it wasn't a 50-50 fight. You know, yeah. this is... Right. It was ridiculous. It was 98% Canelo was going to win that fight. Yeah. And it was probably yeah. not that good of odds. Yeah. You know, it's probably worse. The, the Canelo 90, fight, about well, The 98%. was 50 to 1. Yeah. I mean, that, that you know, translates it, to 50 to 1 odds. Yeah. So yeah, it, 9, it, uh, 9 8. But, but again... Warrington and Lara were the same odds. Yeah. And the guy Lara came out through leather and came out with the championship. Yeah. This guy, uh, what was the fight last week with the uh, Martinez dropped out? Was it McRoyo Williams? Who was it that fought? Mm, uh, uh, McWilliams Arroyo. Right. And uh, I forget the other guy's name. But the other guy, right, the other guy was literally called in, you know, yeah. a, a day earlier watching TV, and the other guy came in game. Yeah. Did he not? Yeah. He came in game, right? He threw punches and bunches. Yeah. They stopped the fight, but, you know, no disappointment at all. So, anyways, there's a little update. What else we got going on in the world of boxing, Rick? All right. Um, well, you know, since it's uh, International Women's Day, yes. uh, we'll start with the uh, some results over the, over the past weekend. Yes. And uh, Clarissa Shields, unanimous decision over um, Marie Eve. De care, yes, and um, you know, um, Shields is just really uh, a lot better than everybody else. Yeah, you know, I think she's gotten to the point where there's really nobody else to fight. Yeah, um, you know, they're asking for Katie Taylor, but Katie Taylor would have to go up, you know, fifteen pounds. You know, Shields would have to go down fifteen pounds. Yeah, you know, there's a, there's a huge weight gap between the two. Yes, um, and you know, Shields is just running out of people to fight. She's closer to Jessica. Um... McCaskill, uh-huh. who's going to fight this weekend, yeah. by the way, right? So I'm not sure why that one's not being talked about mm-hmm. as a potential fight. Well, I, I did hear a couple of interviews, and uh, yeah. you know, she said that uh, McCaskill's scared of her. Well, there you go. Yeah. Because you're right. Katie Taylor, of course, has the big name, Irish, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, but she's lightweight. Yeah, she's 135 pounds, right? And, and Clarissa Shields is, you know, all of 154. First fighter... Male or female, Rick, right? Yeah. To be considered, especially in the modern era of the four sanctioning bodies, first fighter to be undisputed in two weight classes. Yeah. And by the way, she's only fought, you know, 11 times. I know. As yeah. a boxer. So, yeah, she's also fought MMA. So, amazing accomplishment. I love that you called out that it was International Women's Day. You're absolutely right. Hats off to her. By the way, she was evidently offered like over three hundred thousand dollars. I think three hundred and fifty to fight on uh, another network. I guess they offered her the money to fight, where she would have been part of just like a male fight card. Yeah, not necessarily the main event, right, or something to that extent. Mm-hmm. Um, she politely said, "No, thank you," 
and wanted to really push for having an all-female card. So, um, again, especially in lieu of today, like we, like you just said, and what day it is today, the significance, good for her for challenging the status quo. She actually said, because they were like, well, we'll find out. And it was a very, not a very popular, it wasn't like a pay-per-view that was supported by Fox or anything, right? Yeah. Kind of an underground type of pay-per-view, mm-hmm. was it not? Yeah, no, it, it uh, I'm not even sure, you know, who, who was... Um... Right, that's what I'm saying. Promoting then, it, you know, but right, but but to, but kudos to her. She, you know, yeah. what she says, she said, "Hey, she goes, show me how many pay per views the first men's, you know, pay per view five, five, yeah. and whatever." But the thing is, right, they were showing numbers, right? When females fight on, let's just say, a regular network, and they're headlining, their numbers don't do any worse than a regular men's fight, Rick. Like no, the Adrian yeah. Broner fight didn't do very much than a re- than her regular fights on Showtime. Mm-hmm. And who was it that fight on? Uh, was it Brockus that fights on? Uh, they used to fight on HBO, right? I think she had the last fight. She had the last uh, right main event on, no, on HBO. It, yeah, and those fights from the numbers, they don't do much different than men. No. So Shields is onto something, is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Right? You put quality female opponents, fight mm-hmm. fans will watch it. Yeah, and she also got frustrated with Showtime because Showtime kept giving her dates and then pushing them out, pushing them out. Yeah. And um, she's like, I'm gonna just, you know, I'm gonna set up my own fight. Yeah. There was a lot of fights. Uh, yeah. What's her name? Marlene Esparza, Esparza fought, right? You know, she she won her fight. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it was it was a great day for uh, women's boxing, and yep. I'd like to, you know, hopefully when they put the ratings out, you know, that they, they did pretty well. I hope so too. Right. I I really do because honestly, right? We'd go watch, you yeah. know, and because I think, yeah, I mean, they try to squeeze the women's fights in between mm-hmm. there, and so if you think about it, like this really is a good concept. Yeah. It gets everybody up to speed on the women's fights, and and women's women's MMA does really well. That I does think great. I think the big thing is is <laughs> she, you know, it's Shields, and then yeah. there's a huge gap between her and everybody else. Right. You know. Right. Well, so, you know, again, uh, Cecilia Brockes. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, and that's one. That, yeah, that, that that's that's who it has to be. Yeah, you know right? the, the the winner of this fight, you know, um, coming up this weekend. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. The other one too, by the way, that they've talked about it is the uh, is the Amanda Serrano and Katie Taylor. Mm-hmm. That was the on again, off yeah. again. That would be a huge fight. No, yeah, you know, definitely, you know, the, um, that one. Um, I I just think Katie Taylor fighting Shields, and you know, there's been talk about it. Yeah, there's just too big of a weight uh, difference between the two. Yeah, I mean, that's no yeah. different than, you know, Ryan Garcia and Canelo. Yeah. Ryan Garcia yeah. And, and Charlo. I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? Teofimo, I mean, that's that's just like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Or, you know, Canelo and Biterbiev, even mm. though, you know, that's he's fought at light heavyweight. But cool, Rick. What else we got? Um, so just a quick uh, NBC had fights last week um, from Puerto Rico. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Brandon Adams looked good. You know, he, he knocked out the undefeated uh, Boca Chuck yeah. in, in the eighth round. Yeah. Um, Daniel, uh, Danielito Zaria, mm-hmm. um, he won a, uh, te- technical decision. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was stopped in the eighth round because repeated, uh, um, blows behind the head. Yeah. And then, um, also on that undercard, Fernando Vargas Jr. won his second fight, first round, you know, knockout. Against a quality opponent, you said, uh, right? Yeah. It, it wasn't the greatest <laughs> of opponents, but, uh, you know, you got to start somewhere. Yeah. Here's the thing. So on the, by the way, I love the card, and I love those Thursday night fights, by yeah. the way. I absolutely love them, Rick. It reminds me of the old school Tuesday night fights mm-hmm. with Sean O'Grady. And I forget the name of the first of the – because there's several of them, but but him and Lambert, right? Yeah. Every Tuesday night, seemingly they were, they were always at the Blue Horizon in Philadelphia. 
and Sean O'Grady's catch line tonight, right? Yeah. They were not, you know, the world-class fighters, Rick, but they were guys like this, right, that were either not necessarily journeymen, but mm-hmm. maybe it was a fight to see who would be the number one gatekeeper, yeah. right, of a particular division. They were good enough to get there, right, and mm-hmm. fight for a championship or at least be considered like a prize fighter on his way, but didn't quite get there. But damn, they were entertaining. That yeah. that Adams fight that you said, what an enter- entertaining fight. Yeah. He's the winner of con- the contender season five, right? Uh-huh. He beat uh, Shane Mosley Jr. That's right. Main event. He, he, he seemingly, right, again, he gets up to that premier world-class level and, and he gets out class. But these kind of fights were extremely entertaining. Yeah. The the Russian kid, by the way, another you know good kid, right? Just looking at his background, mm-hmm. eighteen and zero with eighteen knockouts, right? Wow. Fights an inter- very entertaining style, right in your face. By the way, no offense, Rick, but that whole setup in Puerto Rico and the ring, what a disaster! <laughs> okay, I don't know if you saw, right? So they had this like ridiculous uh, logo, which I think is like of two fists, uh-huh. right? Did you see the logo? Yeah, right. And I think what they did is purchase yellow, like, duct tape, right? And that's what they put on the canvas, uh-huh. right? I mean, I'm serious. It was just ridiculous, man. Yeah. The slipping, right? Not to mention the referee. Not sure where they got him or what his accreditations were to be yeah. a referee, but he takes a point away from Adams after not even warning him. Yeah. Right? He, oh, he gave him one warning. Hey, you know, that's happened enough times. Here's your warning. <laughs> Now he's looking for it. And then the other corner starts yelling. And by the way, this is the good and bad part about being able to hear everything with not a lot of fans there, right? We get to hear everything, right? It's like they have, you know, the the umpire, you know, mic'd up to a manager. But what a mess that was in Puerto Rico, man. Yeah, well, you know, do you want the fights or you don't want the fights? Well, (laughs) (laughs) okay, Rick, but, you know, but I was thinking about it, right? Yeah. That's like, you know, a major league game with Mm -hmm. the batter's box that's like full of mud. Yeah, well, and the know. batter swinging and yeah. slipping as they're swinging. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, this no. is where they perform. It, yeah, you can get everything else wrong, but at least the actual facility, the actual ring, uh-huh. where they it's should gotta be, yeah, should be legit. No, yeah. these guys are slipping. And I, honestly, by the way, even though it ended in a knockout in the eighth round, if I'm not mistaken, uh-huh. that is a fight that we should see a rematch for. Yeah, it no. was that good. Yeah, no, they, it definitely in. You know, I love having those NBC fights, you know, especially mm-hmm. right now. There's nothing really else on on a Thursday night. That's you know, what I'm it, saying. It's, it's uh, perfect. You know, baseball hasn't started yet. You Nuh-uh. Know, um, you know, have have these fights. I and, think it's great. Yeah. I love those cards. So, and I think NBC is going to have a couple in the next, you know, I think one next week and then, um, you know, one in the week after that. That's great. Um, also, uh, let's see, in the news... Um, we got some fights that are starting to get scheduled. Uh, Gervonta Davis, Mario Barrios for yeah. uh, the 148 WBC title. 140, you mean? Oh, 140. Yeah, yeah you, you made up your own division, yeah, the 148. Own, yeah. It's like the super well, junior welterweight. Yeah. You know, when he, uh, <laughs> you know, Gervonta Davis, he could have it written in the contract, 148. But, yeah, that's, that's right. You're absolutely uh, right. <laughs> but yeah, the 140 yes. um, title that, uh, you know, somehow there's two of them. Yes. And, uh, you know, I think it's uh, what, Josh Taylor what, has the other one. Josh Taylor has the IBF. Yeah, uh, yeah. And and Ramirez, remember Jose Ramirez uh-huh. has the WBO and the and the WBC. And yeah, um, okay, yes, and yeah. the WBA. I'm sorry, yes, WBA. Yes, Mario Barrios has one of them. Yeah. Um, 
The gold is Ismael Barroso, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Josh Taylor would have what the WBA calls the super. So uh-huh. if you have more than one belt in a, in a sanctioning body that the yeah. WBA recognizes, then they have the super. And okay. then uh, Barrios would have the regular. So he has no championship yeah. in any other division. Makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Makes complete know. sense. So, yeah, it, it looks like, uh, <laughs> you know, Javante Davis wants to be probably oh, the, uh, the only guy with uh, three belts at one time in, in three different weight divisions. So, um, that's Is that true? Was, would, that, would that be true? I don't, I don't know who else would have three at the same time. I know Canelo has one at 160 that nobody's taken away from him. And, no. And uh, one at 168. Not anymore. Not after he yeah. did the mandatory. Not after yeah. he did Sulem and a solid. Unless he still has the uh, 175 <laughs> that he got from Kovalev. And I don't think he still has that. They don't have him listed. Yeah. No. So, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. They don't have him listed at that. Yeah. That's a, it's interesting, yeah. right? Because Davis is, is uh, and here's the thing, right? They're not going to take a fight that they don't think is winnable, mm-hmm. right? But at yeah. the same time, he is moving up in weight. Uh-huh. It is 140. But that dude walk, he's very stocky, Rick, right? Yeah. Just because he's, what, 5'6 or whatever, he's very thick. Yeah. So that's not as much of a stretch as you would think. No, no. I think he'll be— uh... It's probably more comfortable. He probably yeah. walks around at 150. Mm-hmm. 150. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah. It's probably easier for him to get to. No, yeah. You know, and I, I think uh, it'll be an interesting fight. You know, um, hopefully— uh, you know, I'm all, definitely I'm rooting for uh, Mario Parios, you know, in, in, in that one. Yeah, but, uh, we'll see what happens. Um, the other fight, I'm really excited about this one, Devin Haney, Jorge yes. Linares, uh, May 15th. Yes. You know, on uh, on DAZN. Yes. Uh, finally, we get to see, you know, is how good is Devin Haney? And I think this fight will let us know. I think that that is a great matchup. I think that Linares still has, right, a lot left in the tank. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, was it Pablo Cano where he got knocked out yeah. in first round, right? And he's got knocked out before, but amazing performances otherwise. Mm-hmm. This is a guy that um, world class fighter yeah. in in Jorge Linares, legitimate step up for Haney. What a great matchup! Yeah, I'll, and, and I'll and I'll tell you right now, Haney's probably favored, but not by a lot. No, don't think like these yeah. numbers are going to be no fifty to one, right? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm thinking more four or five to one, and the money will tighten. Because Linares can fight. Yeah. And I think he's very motivated. And this is at 135, by the way. Mm-hmm. So, that, no, man, this is this is uh, yeah. um, so good for boxing. Uh, but nothing nothing on paper as to when that's going to be, right? No. Or, no, no, yeah. It's uh, May 15th. Oh, May 15th, May yeah. 15th. Yeah, because Linares is ranked, right? WBO number five. Mm-hmm. Um, WBA number – I don't even know why I go off these rankings. Like, yeah. You know, all of a sudden we use the rankings, like right? three, three, five, when, yeah. when we want to make a point, but otherwise these rankings are ridiculous with the Lidrum at number mm-hmm. one and everything else. But – yeah, George Cambosos is ranked number one. Yeah, but either either way, the 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 point is, Linares is a hell of a fighter. Yeah, well, this is how ridiculous the you know I'm looking at the rankings and yeah. Francisco Vargas, who I don't think has ever fought at 135. Yeah, is ranked fifth. You talking about El Bandido? El Bandido, right there, uh, WBC ranking number fifth. Yeah, Francisco Vargas. Yeah, how can that be? Yeah, no. He, how yeah. can that be? Yeah, he's never fought at one thirty-five. Yeah. But yeah. but what they do though, by the way, if you've held one of their belts, um, there is something to be considered mm-hmm. about that. But what a great but uh, that either way, that's yeah. gonna be a good matchup. It's a good fight. And, yeah. Uh, you know these guys all need to start fighting. You know one another. But yeah, if, you know you're talking about the four kings of this division. Yeah. You know Linares is right there on the outside looking in. Yeah. You know, if he if he wins that fight. Now he's in that mix in the uh, 
you know, the four kings of that division. There, oh, there's, uh, there's, there's, there's no doubt about it, yeah. right? And this is a guy, by the way, right, Jorge Linares, who went all the way across the pond, remember, mm-hmm. to beat uh, Anthony Crolla. Yeah. Okay, for the vacant WBA uh, lightweight championship, and then he fought again and beat him. This is a guy that right trains. Really interesting story in uh, Jorge Linares. Trains and lives out of out of Japan, Japan yeah. of all places, right? And then he comes back and beats Luke Campbell at the Forum in a fight that. Don't ask me why we didn't go watch, because yeah. that would have been a hell of a fight to watch. And then he beats uh, Mercito uh, Gesta. Loses the Lomachenko, of course, all after he dropped Lomachenko. Yeah. Right? Don't forget that. Um, knocks out Abner Cotto. Loses the Pablo Cano, right, in the first round. And really that was, mm-hmm. you know, fighting him at almost 140 pounds. That's not his weight. Yeah. We even had a personal one-on-one interview with him yeah. at the Fantasy Springs. Remember that? Talked to him. Yeah. I mean, literally sat down and spoke to him for mm-hmm. quite a while, right, and was kind of giving us his version of what happened. I have to believe him. When somebody looks me in the eye and says, trust yeah. me, that was not me at 140 mm-hmm. and, and gave us all the all the reasons, I'm uh, I, I, I'm a big Linares fan. Yeah. So I can't wait. Tell you what, Rick, we're going to take a quick okay. break, and then we're going to get to the rest of the fight cards that you got coming up. And then don't forget, we're going to be breaking down the Estrada Chocolatito fight. We'll be right back. All right, Pacifico's Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado are back. And by the way, Rick, before I forget, the website construction is underway. Okay. So we'll be getting here pretty soon. Yeah, yeah. yeah, We're going to have to have like a, not half, we're going to have a giveaway too. We're going to do something like, you know, first email um, to that website. We'll put a trivia question, maybe gets a really nice Pacifico's Boxing hoodie. Yeah. You know, so, but anyways, back to the fights that are coming up. Um we thought we were talking about the Linares yeah. and Haney fight. Can't wait for that one. Of course, selfishly, right? When are they going to be here in SoCal, Rick? Yeah, you know it. Uh, oh man, it, it. I'm not. I don't even think May. Yeah. But I think uh, you know. It probably goes along with baseball. Yeah. If if baseball baseball is able to reopen. Yeah. And um, you know things go okay. Yeah. Then you know. Maybe June, maybe yeah. July. Um, you know the. Um, so the Infinity Center, the, right? It's yeah, it's, it's digital, outdoors, right? Digital. Uh, Not the Infinity Center. It used to be the StubHub. Yeah, yeah, but, I know uh, what you're talking about. Yeah, um, yeah. In Carson, but yeah, right. that that's a perfect venue. You know, it's outdoors. That's right. Know, that's love right. Love to have it there. Yeah. Um, Even five thousand people. You think yeah. you can get five thousand people spaced out there, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Until we all get to the restroom. Yeah. <laughs> then it's every man for himself. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, uh, sticking with that 135 pound yeah. uh, division, uh, Burchelt now is is thinking about moving up in weight. Yeah, um, you know a lot of heavy hitters there. You know he could be in trouble, but uh, yeah, you know he, he does a lot to cut down to um, yeah, you know 130. Yeah, we'll see, man. I tell you, you know that was just a devastating loss. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, it wasn't one of the unfortunately right, and and that's. I think that's the difference, by the way, in boxing, the UFC. See, in the UFC, it's known, right? Like, hey, you can get caught with a, a quick arm bar, yeah. right, in the first round. And that doesn't necessarily diminish your status. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, the other guy was yeah. just better on the ground, and he got you in a vulnerable position and did yeah. what he had to do. Or a flash one-punch knockdown. But in boxing, yeah. man, when you get beat down the way he did, yeah, 
It's tough to come back. It's tough. It takes a lot out of you, right? And like I said, it's like the movie Independence Day. Now everybody has the recipe, Mm -hmm. right? Um, The antidote for for how to beat you. And all of a sudden, it's like he goes from being, geez, this great, unstoppable 130-pound fighter to this one-dimensional fighter. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Right. You know, it, it, it's it's funny. Um, I was I was as you're saying that. Yeah. One one person one fighter popped in my head yeah. that was able to kind of like um, remove that that yeah. stigma. Yeah. Who's you that? Know, uh, probably Vladimir Klitschko. Yeah. You know where he yeah. he had a two or three fights. Um, yeah. String where he was getting knocked out by you know Lehman Brewster. Lamont Brewster. Co- yeah. Corey Sanders. Corey Sanders. The lefty Corey Sanders. You know, yeah. yeah. And, and you know, guys that you've never heard of. Sure. And then you know then. He was able to change his his style, and yeah. Um, you yeah. Know, I don't think he got knocked out again. You know. Yeah. After that. Yeah, I'm not going to put it past him. Obviously, yeah. right? He's got you know the heart of a warrior, obviously, mm-hmm. in Burchell, right? So he's got all the attributes that he would need to get back to that point. But you know, you look at the 135 pound division, right? And you look mm-hmm. at the best guys. You know, who would he be favored against? I mean, we're talking about guys like Lenares and Haney. Yeah. I've got those two guys would be heavily favored yeah. against uh, Miguel Burchell. Yeah. Ryan Garcia, forget about it. Teofimo Lopez, no way. Yeah. Because you got to look at it like no matter what, an undersized Oscar Valdez, not in heart, undersized mm-hmm. in size, right, completely demolished him. Yeah. So what does somebody who is Burchell's size, if not bigger, faster, stronger, do to him? Yeah, it, 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 that's a good point. You know, I think he... Uh, he could just be looking to cash out, though. If he's able to get one of those big names, and uh, you know, this could be his last big fight. He get a you know a pretty good. Uh, he's got the name, but I'll, but I'll tell you what. Yeah. I mean, so here's the name. Okay, here here's a fight that he, that maybe had to look out. Maybe Richard Comey. Yeah. Right. But 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 I think yeah, Comey's got to be favored. Yeah, Comey's got to yeah. be favored. But yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I think Luke Campbell probably beats Miguel Burchell. Yeah. At 135, right? Yeah. It'll be it, it'll be tough, you know. I think, um, you know, he's a top ranked fighter, so you got to look for another, you know, top ranked fighter. Right. Um, I'm, just, I'm, you know, when you look at the top, you know, five in uh-huh. the lightweight division, there's there's nobody that he would be favored against. Yeah, he'd get throttled against all those guys, man. Yeah, and it's probably you know that's what the what the thinking probably is. is the, you the, know, hey, yeah, maybe it's not a good idea. Um, he needs to work his way back yeah. at the 130 pound division. Mm-hmm. Find a way to get, you know, find a way to fight Jojo Diaz, right? Yeah. That that's you know, find. I mean, if Leo Santa Cruz wins, maybe Santa Cruz gives him a shot, you know. Yeah. But yeah, you're you're gonna yeah. not that it's not possible, man. Yeah. But wow. Yeah. Long odds to try to 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 do that, especially what happened. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Gary Russell Jr. This one, this fight was announced today. Gary Russell Jr. versus uh, Ray Vargas. Yes. Um, you know, looking forward to that fight. You know, it, it's the one time you know we'll see uh, Gary Russell this year. Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. <laughs> and that that would be for the 122 pound, right? The junior featherweight, super bantamweight. Mm-hmm. I I would imagine. Is that is that is uh, that what they're talking about? Or for no, one hundred twenty six. Yeah, one hundred twenty six. Sorry, yeah, it'd be for one hundred twenty six. It would be for the straight arm featherweight uh, championship. Mm-hmm. Ray Vargas is ranked number one by the WBC. Yeah. Uh, Ray Vargas is ranked nowhere by the other sanctioning the bodies, ones, yeah. but Ray Vargas is undefeated. He's got a name, so I think so. This has got to be his mandatory challengers. What it comes down to, yeah, right. 
where Gary Russell's going to be favored mm -hmm. heavily. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, yeah, interesting fight. You know, I think uh, you know, Gary Russell wins a, a unanimous decision, but, you know, it, it, uh, it'll be good to see it. You know, there's two, uh, yeah. two fighters that, uh, you know, are pretty good, and uh, I think this will be a really good test for uh, Ray Vargas if he's legit or not. Yeah, it will be. Yeah. It will be. Absolutely will be. But you know what? At this point, uh, what we've seen, again, and anything's possible. Mm -hmm. But, I, yeah, I don't, I don't see that fight. I see that as uh, Gary Russell cruising through that one pretty yeah. easy. Um, also, we've got, uh, you know, Mikey Garcia saying that uh, the fight with Pacquiao is 80% done. Uh, he also said that he would bet $2 million on himself to win that fight. Yeah, that's pretty. And I'm sure he would, by yeah. the way. I'm sure he would. Hopefully he's not just saying that, but... I don't want to get excited yet, Rick, yeah. because I keep hearing it's on. And, and uh -huh. if you read Mikey Garcia on Instagram, he's saying it's a done deal. But you don't hear a lot from the Pacquiao camp, mm -hmm. do you? No. So that's that's kind of, you know, we we went through the whole Ryan Garcia where he thought he had the fight. Right. And um, Like, so that's what just yeah. leads me to say, okay, you know what? I'm, I'm going to be cautiously optimistic mm -hmm. that it's real. Yeah. But... I'll be a little bit more convinced when I hear Manny Pacquiao saying, you know, yes. Yeah. When their camp says yes, we're just kind of crossing the the mm -hmm. T's, dotting the I's, trying to figure it out. But you're hearing nothing yeah. from the Pacquiao camp. I mean, zero. Yeah. So, right. H how is it, right? You know, that yeah. is Mikey Garcia, you know, he's the only one at the table or, I, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I so. want to believe Mikey, right? Mm -hmm. This is not somebody who's just going to say something for the sake of saying it. So he's, it's got to be, it's, it's based on something. Yeah. But I'm a little bit leery of that one. So let's hold off on, on anything mm -hmm. we've said for a while. That's the fight we want. Yeah. It's the most competitive. It's a real boxing match for Manny Pacquiao. Both big names. It's the only one that Mikey Garcia fight where he wouldn't be the A side. Nobody's going to be the A side with yeah. Pacquiao, though. In fairness to Mikey, we'll see, Rick. Yeah. No. And then, um, okay, so uh, Terence Crawford too. Uh, you know, he's also hoping for that Pacquiao fight, but uh, you know, he is willing to fight uh, Sean Porter if if the Pacquiao fight doesn't go go through. Yeah. Um, also, uh, which he should, by the way. Yeah. So, I mean, okay, so, but they can't offer, you know, a Porter peanuts. Yeah. They can't offer him less, right, than what Kel Brooks made yeah, no. against Porter when Kel Brooks is way, you know, five to six years past mm -hmm. his prime. Porter is in his prime. Porter gave uh, Spence Jr., right, the fight of his career, right? Yeah. Won many rounds. Literally had him figuratively on the ropes with the close decision, and to offer him what did they offer him? One million. One million. I think and they bumped it up to two. Two million. I mean, give me a break. Yeah. And again, you know, don't get me started on that guy. You know, if you want to be great, Crawford, do, you know, go back yeah. to the Four Kings, move up, and figure out a way to fight Canelo. Yeah, or fight one of the Charlo brothers. You know, and here's probably a way to get it done. You know, yeah, um, because I'm looking at you know we're going back to the rankings, but. Uh, the belt Terrence Crawford has, the WBO, Sean Porter's the uh, number one contender for that. Yeah. Um, you know, send it to purse bid like the, they right. did the Teofimo fight. Right, right. And if, and if Top Rank doesn't want to pay the money for that fight, yeah, that's then, right. you know, somebody else might step in and, and take yeah. that fight. Yeah, it's a good idea. It's a good uh, idea. Uh, Tyson Fury's starting to get a little frustrated with the delays and the, uh, you know, solidifying everything for the fight. I still think it's going to get done. Uh, it still looks like everything's going to get done, but yeah. it, it just, uh, 
you know, I think Fury's getting a little bit frustrated with not being able to announce, hey, it's a yeah. done deal. This is what we're doing. I think all all of us are. Yeah. I mean, you know, they keep saying it's a done deal. They're, they've got two fights, right? Mm-hmm. Supposedly, right? That are already scheduled in ink. Well, then, then sign it already. What, yeah. what, what's what's the problem, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, what, what what's the deal? Is, is it money? Is it location? Is it, I mean, this is just ridiculous. Think about it. We're in March. Yeah. So we may be lucky to see one of those fights now. Yeah, no, I think it uh, it always comes back back to the money, but uh, they got to get it done. There's a lot of money to be made. Um, you know, the Middle East for the first fight is what I'm hearing, and then yeah. you know back to to England for the uh, second fight. The splits are done. Yeah. It's it's going to be fifty fifty for the first fight, and then the winner gets uh, sixty. Yeah. in the second. That makes sense. That's yeah. fair. Yeah, that's fair. Champion should get more at that yeah. point. That's fair. Um, and then we'll start with the, you know, this week of boxing. Um, yeah, March tenth, we've got uh, the Brandon Lee, yes, Samuel uh, Tia fight. Yeah, uh, should be a pretty good card on show on Showtime. Yeah, I mean um, that's kind of a you know a first step up fight, right? For yeah. uh, for Brandon Lee, Tay is ranked number I think what did I tell you was he's ranked number ten at one hundred and forty pounds in the IBF. Whatever the heck that means when mm-hmm. we're talking about rankings, right? All it means is that at least Samuel Tay is considered somewhat of a prospect yeah. by one of the organizations. Uh, Seventeen and three, tough fighter out of Philly. Brandon Lee, twenty-one and zero, right here, local Southern California. We'll wait and see, Rick. Yeah. Hopefully, it is a big step-up fight. Yeah. Um, Friday, uh, we have the uh, Sorung V side. Yes. He fights. Um, you know. He probably is going to get the winner of the Estrada uh, Chocolatito fight. Yeah, which is uh, great. It's lining up. So, you know, that's on Friday on DAZN. Uh, it's in Thailand. So, you know, maybe, you know, middle of the night, we got to watch that fight. I don't yep. know where, yep. you know, what time that is. Um, and then on Saturday, you know, we've got the, the big card. We'll, we'll get it. We'll break down the Estrada Chocolatito fight. But uh, also the Jessica McCaskill, Cecilia Brackis fight is, is, is on that card. Is yeah. on that card. Yep. And uh, there's another championship fight with uh, Kiro Gucci and yes. uh, Axel Vega. Yes. So, you know, should be a pretty good card on DAZN. Yep. Um, you got Benavides fighting this weekend as well, oh, yeah, right? Yeah. David Benavides and uh, Benavides and Ronald Dallas. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is kind of a, I don't know. I guess a stay busy slash get back into the mix fight for Benavides. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, uh, you know, it's a fight where he needs to, you know, probably look impressive. You know. Hopefully make weight. So you I was going to say the looking <laughs> impressive would mean making the 168 pounds. You know, so uh, you know he's been, he's been doing a lot of running his mouth and saying you know Canelo's been ducking him and uh, you know Canelo wants to fight everybody but me. You know, but I think Canelo would have fought him had he had a belt. It's 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 so ridiculous, yeah. Rick. Right? I'm reading the same things you are, yeah. <laughs> listening to the same things you are, and here's the problem: if he had come in weight, mm-hmm. he had what many consider to be the most coveted belt, the green one. Yeah. He had the WBC version of the super middleweight champ, right? A championship. He does not come in weight and he loses it. How ridiculous mm-hmm. is that, man? Yeah. You know, you're absolutely right. Canelo had, had no choice, no choice mm-hmm. but to fight him. He wouldn't have fought Elidrum. It would have been David It would have been David Benitez. I don't know if it would have been in this order, but yeah. it, wouldn't, it would have been David Benitez, then Billy Joe Saunders, then Caleb Plant. Just like that. So yeah, it's, but he didn't. It's his own fault. You know, he doesn't have the Canelo fight right now. Yeah. yeah. Yep. By the way, De La Hoya was uh, commenting about um, uh, Canelo. 
okay. talking about how, um, of course, Canelo reminded him of himself and how busy he was. Yeah. The year that he beat, uh, was it Macho Camacho? It started with, uh, we have the poster there in the corner. It started with uh-huh. the Miguel Angel Gonzalez fight early in the year and then Pernell Whitaker. Uh, I forget who the, oh, David Kamau. Yeah. And then finally ended with Macho Camacho. So, of course, you know, De La Hoya found a way to give himself credit. Yeah. But saying, you know what, it's great that Canelo's staying active and that he's fighting. Yeah. And by the way, Canelo said the same thing that we did, or certainly I know that I did. He said that Billy Joe Saunders has the possibility of being a tough fight. He says Caleb Plant, he thinks he's going to go right through him. Yeah. I think the same thing. Yeah. So there you go. Um, and, you know, um, that's all I've got for the news. You know, we'll, we'll start breaking down that uh, – Yes. Chocolatito fight. Yep. All right, folks. Big, big, big setup to the fight. We got it all broken down for you. Tail the tape, history, cover a little bit on the first fight, and then we will pick a winner. Rick, your pick of the week and your lock of the week. There's, yeah, you got you got it, a few opportunities. Not it, sure if it's going to be that one. It's you know? locked and loaded, and you know we'll, it is. We'll put it. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. Wow. You know, I wonder if it's going to be. Um, Brockus, you know, maybe yeah. the female fight, which was close that yeah. she lost yeah. last time, could, right? Could be that one, you know. Yeah. Maybe, could, maybe not. We, maybe, we, yeah, maybe not. I have a feeling it's not. People will find out after the break. All right. We'll be right back, folks. <laughs> All right, Pacific Coast Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado is back. All right, Rick, time to break down what we're going to call the first super fight of 2021. And what we consider a super fight is both opponents, right, are considered to be great in their weight division, right? Mm -hmm. Either champions, former champions, still in their prime. And both of these guys meet that, right? The interesting thing is that, of course, Chocolatito at one point was not only the reigning champion at 108, 112, 115, but literally considered the pound-for-pound top guy for quite a few years, right? And it was unarguable. Mm. Am I right? It wasn't even like, it wasn't this Crawford is, you know, ESPN, Canelo's the ring magazine owned by Golden Boy. It was like, without a doubt. Yeah, it was Chocolatito, and then as soon as he lost, I think it it went automatically to Lomachenko. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, that's how good he was. So it's a super fight because Chocolatito has all of a sudden run off a series of wins, impressive, Mm -hmm. wearing the uh, 115-pound belt now, right? Um, Juan Francisco Estrada, of course, and this is rare that both The Ring Magazine and ESPN both agree, both of them have Estrada in their top 10 pound for yeah. pound, right? ESPN has them at, what, he's number nine? Number nine. Um, and a, The Ring Magazine has him and at number eight, right? Okay. So again, two legitimate fighters, top of their game. Now they're meeting for the 115 pound division okay which is not you know depending on how you look at it let's I'm calling let's just call it the 115 pound the super flyweight right um junior bantam weight etc so let's break down and give you a little tail of the tape first rick so that we understand what we're talking yeah. about here okay so simple stats uh estrada 41 and 3 um two losses were to surrogate uh I'm, i know i was going to screw up his name right uh, Estrada, the Sorogranvisi. Sorogranvisi? Yeah, yeah, And by the way, for you folks that maybe are not cultured out there, right, that's not his real name, mm-hmm. okay? That's just the name of the gym that he that he fights out of. His real name is uh, Wisoxel Wenget, 
Yeah. But be that as it may, that's that's his name, right? So Francisco Estrada, 41 and three, his two losses, one of them to Wisaco Weingat, right? Mm-hmm. The other the other loss, of course, was to Chocolatito back in 2012, and then an early loss in 2011 to Juan Carlos Sanchez Jr. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, talking about Ro- Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez only has two losses, two losses to Wisaxel Weinget, or what's his name, Rick? You you can say his Sorang name better. Sorong Visay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So both both guys, right, obviously with very impressive records. Yeah. Um, Gonzalez would be considered more of the knockout guy, right, where he's got a 79% knockout ratio, Juan Francisco Estrada, 96%. Estrada, three years younger at 30. Chocolatito at 33. Um, Estrada at all of 5'4". Chocolatito 5'3". Estrada also has the reach, 66, one inch. Um, and uh, Chocolatito, 64.2 uh, mm-hmm. inches. Okay, Both of them right-handed. Both of them the infamous orthodox. Yeah. <laughs> right? Left-handed, you wouldn't be orthodox, mm-hmm. rather, Bayrick, right? Be unorthodox. Unorthodox. Just the fact that you're a lefty. Never, never, never quite figured that out, right? Be that as it may, right? Juan Francisco Estrada, currently the ring champion at 115 pounds Mm -hmm. and the WBC champion. And Chocolatito Gonzalez currently has the WBA version of the 115-pound championship. First time they fought Rick, again, that was back in 2012, but that was at 108 pounds, Uh okay? Of which um, Estrada never won a championship at 108 pounds. Chocolatito won championships all the way. He won them at 108, 112, and then at 115. Mm-hmm. Estrada won championships at 112 and at 115. Again, we talked about Chocolatito at one point, 46 and 0, considered pound for pound the very best until he lost to Sorang Vise. Yeah, that was you know that was the first two losses. Mm-hmm. Um, the, again, a couple interesting things, right? When you talk about Chocolatito Gonzalez, is that after that loss, right, in 2017, um, a couple of wins, um, a couple of TKOs, but it wasn't until he fought Khalid Yafai, right, in 2020 yeah. when he was not favored, Rick, mm-hmm. and the big upset TKO in round nine, right? And then you thought, well, is he really back? Maybe it was just a fluke. And then he wins unanimous decision against Israel Gonzalez, and that's when we said, "Hold on a second, it's Chocolatito back." Yeah. And all of a sudden, here we are, mega fight rematch against Juan Francisco Estrada. Last thing, their first fight. Okay, Chocolatito wins in a unanimous decision, somewhat controversial, Rick, as far as the scoring. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm not saying it was controversial that Chocolatito won the fight, but it was the scoring. 10-2-8-4-8-4, Rick. Yeah. All right. And there is the the main numbers for your uh for your tail of the tape. 286 rounds total fighting for Estrada, 259 rounds total for Chocolatito, but ha- that has to do with as much that Chocolatito has more knockouts. Yeah. So he didn't put as many rounds in. So there you have it, Rick. What happens in this fight? Is okay. the question? No, I, I think this is going to be an action-packed fight. You know, it's, it's a great the, fight. The first the, one. You know, back and forth. You know, I think. Um, you know, both. You know, great boxers. You know, they both like to throw a lot of punches. You know, yes. it, this. This is going to be. You know, 
as close to a can't miss fight yes as you can get yeah you know like you know it's a great point i don't think you can tell anybody like oh man you know hopefully this one's gonna you know it's gonna be good these guys are gonna come out you know they're gonna be they're gonna be throwing punches this is gonna be an exciting fight um you know chocolatito looks like he's he's worked on some things he's gotten better um you know since his two losses um Estrada's, you know, a lot better fighter than when they fought, you know, seven years ago. Um, yeah. You know, I'm I'm excited for this one. Um, I, I I love Chocolatito. Yeah. You know, but hold on, don't pick one yet. Don't but, pick one yet. Okay, not yeah. yet. But, yeah, don't pick one yet. But yeah. uh, you know, I I'm just looking forward to this fight. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. See where you're leaning. Yeah. Um. Now, okay. Um. When you talk about Juan Francisco Estrada, right? We look at their last ten fights. Estrada ten and zero in his last ten fights. Yeah, an absolute war, right? At the end of twenty twenty with Carlos Quadras, easily, right? Yeah. candidate for fight of the year. That that two thousand twenty fight. Mm-hmm. What a war! He was down, easily could have been out. Comes back and uh, and knocks out Quadras, yeah. right? Locks him out in the eleventh round. Amazing performance. Um, Chocolatito last ten fights, he's eight and two with the two fights losing again to uh Sorangvise or Wissel yeah. Langet, however you want to go by that, right? You're hundred percent right, Rick. You made very astute points as usual. Can't miss fight on the action meter, right? If I had yeah. to say here, Rick, you know, uh, you know, there's there's your lock of the week. Lock of the yeah. week, right? Is this gonna be a great fight? Absolutely, yeah. right? The first fight was amazing. A lot of you know, a lot of ringside uh, observers, Rick, did not have that fight as 8-4 or 10-2, okay? Most had it 7-5, 6-6, by the way. A lot of 114, 114s there. So those scores, right, the unanimous decision I don't think was indicative as competitive a fight as it was. It was a great fight. Action-packed. This fight, I agree with you, Rick, it's not going to disappoint. Um, it's, it's interesting, right? So what, you know, styles make fights. Yes, styles make fights because both of these guys, um, are pretty much straightforward throw punches, right? Neither one of them is going to kind of out slick and outbox the other one. If mm-hmm. there is, it's going to be Estrada that's going to try to be a little bit more of the tactician. I don't think Gonzalez has the ability to do that anymore at this point in his career. Yeah. No, you know, I think, uh, age is going to be a, a huge key. Um, in this in, in this fight, you know it's only three years, but uh, in these lower divisions, you know that that that's a long time. It's a big deal. Yeah. It's absolutely a big deal. Yeah, because at the lower divisions, the speed, the quickness, the reflexes are amplified. Right? It's not mm-hmm. like at the heavyweight division where you can be a George Foreman, slow plodding, but you land the big right on Moore, and bingo, you're the champion at 45 years old. Right? Yeah. Not so at this point. Right? So. Um, that's, I think, going to be the big keys and the difference to the fight. I think Estrada coming off of that war, um, again, right? I could look at that war with Quadras two sides and say, yeah. did it take enough out of him that he's not going to be able to be competitive? Or did that just make him sharper and really prepare him for this fight? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. So let's do it, Rick. Let's get to prediction time. And... Your lock of the week. Not sure if this is going to be your lock of the week. Yeah. You know, are you a little gun shy? Are you kind of in a lead room with covering up, afraid to throw blows? A lot of big fights this weekend. Yeah. Who do you got in this one? And then we'll get to your lock of the week. Okay. Um, I've got uh, Estrada winning this one. 
I think it's going to be a close fight. I think it's going to be, um, you know, 7-5, you know, in, in, with the rounds. And But I think uh, Estrada wins a unanimous decision. Yes. Probably, you know, and the fight's going to be close enough to where they decide to have another one. Yeah, so Vegas and the numbers agree with you, by the way. So Estrada is favored at minus 165. What does that mean? That means that he has a 62% chance of winning, yeah. according to those that are going to lay money on the fight. Yeah. Not like we are. And, and But, you know, I would love for Chocolatito to win this fight. Really? You know, I, yeah, I'm, big wow. fan, I'm a big fan of Chocolatito, yeah. you know, um, but I think Estrada wins a, a close decision on this one. The Nicaraguan, yeah. right? Chocolatito from Nicaragua. Yeah. Carlos, uh, not Carlos Cuardas. I knew I would do that at least yeah. once. Estrada, of course, the Mexican, yeah. El Gallo. Here's what I got, Rick, in this one, and I'm feeling pretty confident. If I did a lock of the week, I've got Estrada by a, a late knockout. Okay. I don't think that uh, he's going to leave it to the judges this time. Yeah. I think he's still going to have kind of that bitter taste of what happened back in 2012 when he was given way too of a lopsided decision. Mm-hmm. I think coming off of the fight that he had with Quadras, he's not going to take any chances. I think 33 years old is old for this division, yeah. and I think this is the fight that basically pushes Chocolatito back out into the sunset and reminds him about that KO loss yeah. to Son Vise back in 2017, Rick. Yeah, I, I see a late knockout. I see 10, 11, or 12. Knockout, yeah, by Estrada. Yeah, you know, I I could definitely see that uh, that happening. I I think uh, you know, I'm hoping it doesn't. You know, I hope this isn't the end of Chocolatito. You know, you know, you're giving him the uh, Danny Garcia treatment. Yeah, well, you know, but, uh, <laughs> he's not somebody that I want to not see fight <laughs> okay. anymore. I actually like Chocolatito, <laughs> okay. and I love his style. Yeah. I just think that the guy has been through so many wars, yeah, and he's been knocked around so many times, and this little resurgence that he's mm-hmm. had, I'm not convinced that it's legit. I'm not convinced that Israel Gonzalez, Khalid Yafai, yeah, and Diomel Diocos, yeah, you know, those are guys, you know, I've right. never heard of. Never heard of, but he wasn't. But he was. Yeah. Fa- he was not favored yeah. against Khalid Yafai, um, and, and it was the wave. That he beat uh, Yafai. Yeah, it was the manner in which he beat him. Nobody expected mm-hmm. him to dominate the wave that that he did. Yeah, that's what made that fight so uh, so impressive, right? Yeah. You know, uh, Khalid Yafai was twenty six and one. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, one of your English guys, by the way, from the United Kingdom. Yeah, when you guys, there you go with your tough chin, <laughs> right? But obviously, not only had he never lost, but he you know never been knocked out before, uh-huh. and you know. Chocolatito finished him in impressive fashion. So, so I, you know, he's a legitimate fighter, legitimate champion. Um, I just think there's too much mileage, Rick. I yeah. think, you know, you put the penny on the tire to see, you know, or the nickel to see how much tread it has. Yeah, I, I think Chocolatito's tread is, is running out. Yeah. And this is it. So I've got Estrada, late round KO. You've got Chocolatito in another decision, you said? No, no, no. I get Estrada. Oh, you do have Estrada yeah, in a decision. Winning. Okay, you a just close you, decision. you just would prefer to see Chocolatito yeah. win. Sorry, yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. All right, Rick. So, all right, so before we go to break for the last segment of Stat of the Week, what is your lock of the week? Uh, my lock of the week is yeah. uh, David Benavides winning by knockout. 
know, all right. You this, got him winning, period, yeah, right? This, that's this, that's your lock of the week. Yeah, this is this is one of those fights. The Chocolatito, I, I, I couldn't even chance it. Yeah. You know, even the, uh, you know, the, um, what is it, uh, the, the women's fight this Yeah, weekend. yeah, Baracus. Yeah, Baracus that was a close one and, last time. And, yeah, uh, McCaskill. Yes, yes. You know, I couldn't even pick that one. Yeah. You know, even though, uh, you know, I I think McCaskill wins again. Yeah, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. No, yeah. I, th- I think Brockus yeah. wins this time. Yeah, I think that first fight was controversial. Brockus yeah. was going to retire, mm-hmm. and I think it was the fans and everybody else that said, yeah. "No, you can't go out like that." You know, yeah. it was too close to fight. No, I think Brockus wins that fight. Either way, right? What a yeah. great card yeah. and a great week of boxing starting Wednesday with Brandon Lee. You know, finally stepping up in a, in, in a somewhat right more competitive fight at least at least it should be there you go folks good stuff rick we'll be right back you're not going to want to miss the stat of the week we'll be right back all right pacific goes boxing uh and rick another couple fights that it would be remiss of us to not mention that's taking place this weekend march 13th Great, Raul Lizarraga and Lázaro Lorenzana, two not only local fighters, but fighters that obviously uh, we have seen from day one. They've both been on the podcast. They're both going to be on the same card, man. No, yeah, it's exciting and, uh, you know, wish we could be there, but with the, uh, you know, COVID restrictions, you know, it's tough to be there. And this is Lázaro's fifth fight, if I'm not mistaken, right? So he's 4-0, four knockouts. Raul's second fight. Yeah, another devastating knockout, by the way. Um Lazaro's last fight, another, you know, left hook, devastating to the body. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you what, you know, I was watching the fight. He had it posted somewhere. Um, more competitive, right? You, you see the opponents starting to get better. Mm-hmm. But, man, I'm telling you, um, so crisp, crisp, so clean, uh, Lazaro. right? Yeah. I'm telling you, right, the next time they – I don't know if they're going to spar together again, but you got to check them out. The guys are just amazing. To, to, to see in person. Dad, a 10 out of 10. All right, Rick. So, stat of the week time. What do we got? Okay, so uh, for uh, stat of the week, um, I'm going to go back to the um, the fight of the uh, century. Yes. Um, Muhammad Ali. Yep. Uh, versus, On this day. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Frazier. You know, it's a 50-year anniversary. Yes. Um, the stat of the week is uh, 300 million people watched this fight. 300 million yeah. people. Wow. And that's 300 million people that they know, obviously, you know, with television. Television. Yeah. You know, and, um, you know, it, there were so many countries that, that had this fight. Yeah. You know, boxing used to be just uh, huge, mm-hmm. um, you know, so huge gl- globally yeah. that, uh, you know, everybody was watching this fight. Put that into perspective, though, right? So when we talk about, you know, that's regular television, right? So what what are some of the pay per view numbers that we've talked about? Yeah, um, you know, nowhere in the, uh, you know, we're talking four point five mil, right? Like what was mil. what was the highest one? Uh, Didn't we say was Pac? Was it Pacquiao and uh, and Mayweather? Yeah, was that the highest one? Yeah, but I believe so. And and yeah. that how how many and million think, was that? Uh, I think it was like maybe eight. Yeah. Yeah, maybe as many as eight. Right. But, um, yeah, this one was— And that's what I'm saying, right? To put it in perspective, yeah. 300 million. 300 Can, million. It, uh, over 50 yeah. countries, and it was broadcast in 
12 languages. Right. Can you that's how but that's how big it was back then. That's and and when I say that's how big it was, I mean every that's how big boxing mm-hmm. was back then, right? Yeah. That's how huge boxing was. That's how huge these fighters were, the heavyweight division like it used to mean something. Yeah. The the true glory days, right? Of fighting and boxing. And this is just on regular television, right? Mm-hmm. You imagine how many people were around the television back in those days in all these countries? Another interesting fact. Yeah. It was on a Monday. It was on a Monday. Wow, a Monday. that's interesting. Which tells you a lot. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, the um, the Arguello Prior fight, yeah. the first Arguello Prior fight, was in Miami at the Orange Bowl on a Friday. Yeah. Right. A lot of these fights were not on Saturday nights. That mm-hmm. wasn't until recently when they started. And the only reason they did that, Rick, because they were trying to figure out how to plug it in around all of the other uh, programming schedule. Yeah. So they figured Saturday night slot seven to eight. That's when you're going to get the most people. And I get it. Mm-hmm. There's some validity to that. But back then it didn't matter. No. <laughs> right. And that goes to show you didn't matter if it, because what that tells me, Rick, if it's a great fight with great opponents and it's competitive, people are going to watch it no matter what. Yeah. It's not going to matter. Right, yeah, no, no, it'll, um, you know, people are gonna watch it. You know, this is a huge, huge fight. Um, you know, you've got uh, two Americans, yeah, and you know, the whole world was watching. Yeah, because they knew, and Muhammad Ali, of course, he was a, you know, he was an icon, mm-hmm. right? He was an icon for who he was and what he represented. Wow, that's a great stat of the week, Rick. Like I said, it puts everything into perspective. Yeah. From a boxing perspective. Well, from this show's perspective, we're done, Rick. We went a little overtime today, yeah. folks. Sorry. A little over an hour. We're trying to keep these fights under an hour because we know the average drive time home is 54 minutes, at least in Southern California. Yeah. So sorry you got to listen to this in your driveway. Tell your family, <laughs> significant other, hey, where's mom? Where's dad? Hey, sorry. I'm in the driveway finishing the end of this incredible round six podcast from Pacific Coast Boxing. That'll do it, Rick. Yeah, see you next week. Protect yourself at all times, folks.